three, two, one. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to everything you need to know about music. Where tonight, I, Jason, am sitting with three of my very favorite friends. One is Mikey. Say what's up, Mikey. What's up? Two is Kevin. Say what's up, Kev. Hello, Jason. Hello, listeners. And three is Arvin. Say what's up, Arvin. Hey, Arvin. <laughs> All right, tonight we are going to do New Wave Part 2. This is a, a continuation of New Wave Part 1 that we did a few months back. Has it been a few months? Yeah, about three or four right? months. Yep. Yeah, in which I uh, embarrassed myself and did not know anything about the genre, nor none of the songs that were presented. However, liked a bit of the music as well as some of the stories that came along with them. And we're going to do more of it, um, especially because Arvin is here who likes the genre so much and knows so much about it. So we're going to pick his brain. He's going to pick a couple of songs that he likes. But before we get to that, we need to do two things. One, we need to do This Is My Jam, where we talk about songs that we're listening to now, things that are making us happy when we're driving around or sitting in the office or working out, whatever we're feeling this week. And we also need to do mailbag. So if you don't mind, let's do mailbag first. And we have one email that came to us this week. And Kevin, honestly, I thought it was one of your college roommates, but not with this name. It was an M. Curry was the name. No, I don't, I, I don't, think, it, I don't think it matters. Mark, that, Mark Curry? I, Mark Curry? I, I, no, K-U-R-R-I. Anyway. Don't know. The short email was, you guys don't talk enough about album art. And I feel like he might be right. I don't think we discuss the albums enough. And I say you because you have in the past, especially during the Yacht Rock podcast, make reference to all of the albums that you hung up on the wall right. in your dorm room or your apartment for, for college. And we don't. I feel like that's a lost art in a way. And we should talk more about it. So let me ask you, is, and, and maybe the reference isn't there, but is he saying that we don't talk enough about album art when we're talking about yes. the albums? Yes. Or just album album art in general? That was the email. I'm assuming what you just said. We don't talk enough about the album art. I think that's a really great uh, yeah. request, by the way, yeah. especially for the Essential Album Series. Right. Now, we did talk a bit about Cosmos Factory. We did. We I it. didn't talk enough about it, though. I did make reference to him riding kind of an exercise bike and the funny things that they were doing right. in the background, but I should have been more specific to maybe some of the inner workings, some of the liner notes, some right. of the things on the back. Sometimes there's lyrics there specifically, and sometimes there isn't. Sometimes there's art. Sometimes there's nothing. Yeah. And I think we do need to do a better job with that. And and I really wanted to bring it up, not only to say, yes, that person is correct, but also, I don't think that that is part of mainstream music anymore. It, well, it's right? definitely... No. Yeah. No. Uh, I, I, think about it. You hear a song on Spotify or Apple Music or something that's kind of suggested to you, even on the radio or Sirius, and you don't know it, they put any time into album art in any way. Right? I mean, even on Spotify now, for most of the mainstream songs, before, when you'd play it, it would show the album, right? It was from oh, okay. as the right. picture. Yep. But now it's like, more. if there's a video for it, they show the oh, video. video. Oh, oh, no kidding. Instead of the album. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, album covers. I mean, well, I think we know in general, albums are kind of going you know, the way of exactly, the, yeah. the, the dodo for the most part. Right, so right, right. I think that's a great suggestion, though. Yeah. Um, it's something we should definitely I think take. some of the older uh, bands that we cover, because they did put so much time an effort into the album art that they created. We should talk more about that. And we well, maybe we'll take that into consideration going forward. Now, let me ask you a question. Yep. Can you, or 
is it any violation of trademark or anything like that? Are you able to put the album art like on your website? I do. Each I do. Okay. And it wouldn't be a violation. No. And so where, where would they go to see that album? So you can go and, to everything musicpodcast.com. You can see all of our episodes. And then within those episodes, we can actually start to post some of the album art. So yeah, we should do that. And where do they yep. go to send good questions like that? Yes. And you? that you can do everything musicpodcast at gmail.com. All right, so that was Mailbag. Let's get to This Is My Jam. And because he is new, Arvin, would you like to go first or last? Last. Last it is. All right, Mikey, you want to go first? Okay. All right, here we go. So this is a last-minute audible based on a conversation we were just having before this. Okay. And um, But it is a song you're listening to recently? It is a song I'm okay, listening to. Okay, because it has to. to be part of the This yeah, Is of My course, Jam. All right. of course. I listen to a lot of songs by this group. And this has to do with a uh, band that Kevin likes a lot, so I'm okay. just going to play it. Okay. You know, right off the top, I don't think I know ours. Do you? I don't know. No. I want to see how long it takes you guys to oh, get okay. It. Especially Kevin. Should we know this, Mike? I don't know. You'll, you'll, know like... you'll know it. Okay. Kevin Roll. It's heavy. Yeah, I like it, though. It's a cover. Will we know the Wait. cover or will we know the band? Is this the Foo Fighters? Both. Oh, you'll know the band. Oh, okay. The... So I'll know the cover. Oh, so it's Pink Floyd. It's Foo Fighters covering Pink Floyd. What? <laughs> Good job, Mikey. You always uh, sticking with the and, Foo Fighters theme. And this is Taylor Hawkins on the Oh on no the way. How long ago was this done? Nineteen ninety nine. Oh wow. It's from a jam session of their third album, There's Nothing Left to Lose. It wasn't on the album, but they re released it in a EP in twenty nineteen. And forgive my ignorance, what's the name of the actual original song? Have a cigar. Have a cigar. Oh, okay. Rockin' Mikey yeah. I wouldn't have gotten it at all You know what it, It's faster than the original Faster me off. And harder Hard, yeah. Yeah, 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 more, yeah More heavy guitar yeah. And Less synth Brian May is actually In the Wait, jam session with Brian them Brian May playing yeah. guitar? Wow yeah. Oh wow Brian May of Queen on the drums No Queen yeah Very so, cool We were talking about Pink Floyd I thought this was Well done Yeah good job Alright Mikey Kev you wanna go next? I will Okay lovely Gentlemen This is my jam tonight Sure, at least one of you. I do. I know it. Yeah. The loveliness of Paris. Unbelievable. His voice. Seems somehow so sad. Very. Do you want to talk about that? I will. Okay. Um, so this is Tony Bennett. Yes. Name of the song is "I Left My Heart in San Francisco." Yeah. Probably his signature song. Would you say? Top three for sure. But I will say maybe you're right. Yeah. As, so, as important as, as uh, Frank was to New York, he is to San Francisco. To my Even though he's not from. No, not at all. San Francisco. No. But it became his song, his signature song. Yeah. Let's play for just one more second here. I, I love the piano. Left my heart. Oh my God. Give me chills. What a voice. Velvet. Perfect. I saw him live. This has to be 20 years ago. He literally came out in the suit. There was a bass player, um, a 
guitarist and a pianist. He stood there, arms folded, microphone in hand, and belted out the most beautiful songs. Two hours straight, walked off. Most classy individual ever. So Amazing. I'm sure you know why I'm playing this. I do. Um, Arvin or Mike, do you know why I'm playing? Yeah, I do. So, yep. Anthony Dominic Benedetto is his original name was. He was from the greatest city in the world, New York City. That's right. He was born in 1926, and he passed away just this Friday at the ripe old age of 96. How about that, though? 96. I mean, he squeezed every last bit of juice out. Huh? A good first, run. First, right? can I say, if I had to sign a deal right now that got me to 96, <laughs> yeah. I'm taking it. Me too. I'm, I'm halfway there, sure. pretty much. So, Especially a Tony Bennett kind of life. He sang last year. Right. He did a performance last year. So I think Tony deserves his own podcast. Agreed. I don't think I am well-versed enough on him to be the one to do it. Maybe you are Jason or you know somebody that is. I felt a little intimidated to do it just because of the breadth of how many years, decades, I should say, that he occupied. But I will say, if there was an essential album to be done, it would be this album this from album. 1962. 1962. correct. I left my heart in San Francisco. Yeah. Every song is classic crooner music. It's amazing. Well, that's, um, you know, I want to give him his due here. I mentioned and, qu- and then question the group. Is he the last great he's the crooner? La- he's the last one. Yeah. Um, no. Who's left? Well, I know we have some contemporary guys like Harry Connick Jr. Okay. Mike Buble. Buble. Yeah, uh, right. And I was going to say, and then guy, and I, I love Harry Connick, by the way. And then there's guys like Michael Buble, who, even though he's my age, I consider him a young guy, obviously in this genre. Yep. Um, plus he's a Canadian. So how can he be one of the great, you know, the great American songbook guys? And, and what does he do? He does all of their old songs, right? I mean, I know they're all standards well, and they all standards. did, they all right, shared, right, right. but I, I feel like he even does them in the style they did. Like he's, it's a bit of a copycat. He's great. I love him. But he's not an original like they are. By the way, I, I await the vitriol in the mailbag next time from yeah. your Canadian oh, listeners. Oh, fine. Bring it. Bring for, it. Uh, for, I'll for, debate for that all Canada. day long. No problem. But um, <laughs> no, and here's Tony yeah. was about a decade or more younger than, than the Rat Pack guys. Mm. He's like seven years younger than um, Nat King Cole, who I consider in the same Agreed. Uh, the same area of uh, yeah. traditional pop. So maybe he was considered a bit of a whippersnapper back in the day. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, for me, I always associate him with those guys that era. And it is a little sad that, you know, with his passing, the crooners of the 40s, 50s, and 60s, yeah, they're now officially in the sunset. That's crazy. Yeah, agreed. Great one. That's Great song. And I will say, if you guys do like that song, that album is the, no, oh, it's the way to say it, is the epitome of everything Tony Bennett stands for. That album is perfect. All right, want to go next, Arvs, or do you want to go? What do you think? I'll go. You want to go? All right. All right. Yeah. You, you do it. <clears throat> All right. My entry here, okay. I'll be playing here in a minute. I found when I was listening to Amazon Music, Okay. I was listening to the New Wave Wait, let station. Me, let me pause you there for a second. I'm so sorry. You're an Amazon Music guy? I am. You guys are both Spotify guys? Yes. And I'm an Apple guy. But hey, hey, hang on. I'm oh. a converted Amazon Music guy. Oh, okay. I used to be Amazon Music, and then my the, the women in my life, yeah. who was my wife and my daughter, <laughs> right? decided that they had to have Spotify. So... For a while there, we were running okay. in tandem with Music Unlimited on both. It <laughs> yeah. makes no sense to have both. <laughs> right, no. So now I've finally converted okay, to Spotify. Okay, got it. Sorry, I just wanted to say that. All right, go ahead. Well, my son is now on Spotify. He got me for the month, but I went back to Amazon. London. You like it? Yeah, I prefer it. Because I have devices, and so it shows oh, the lyrics oh, on there, and that's brilliant. one of the features. Okay, all right. all right. So I found this song. It was just playing, and I was like, man, it has like a funk beat to it. has a good hook. And I immediately added it to my house playlist. Okay. So I'll play it, and then you let me know if you know it. All right, cool. Or who sings it? Ooh. 
I don't think I do. You guys? Can you give us a hint? Like decade? Is it, is it belly? It's in the eighties. They're a band Th- from Throwing Muses. No. So this is Topaz from the B-52s. Oh, oh wow. Okay, got, it, got it, got it. So this is from their album, Cosmic Thing. I actually have the CD okay. from back in the day from BMG. Yeah. <laughs> and we all know the songs uh, Love Shack yep. Yep. and Rome. Yep. And I just happened that this song just came on. I was like, man, this is it's like funk beat. This is your style right here. Yeah. And um, What is the genre that B-52s occupy? They're in the new wave. They're in new wave. Absolutely. Okay, so it's appropriate for you to play this yeah. for this. Po- okay, all right. Wow. And right, the then. producer on one one tidbit is Nile Rogers. No kidding. That's Let me hear why the guitar. We, Wait a minute. That's why we have that funk in there. Now Rogers, yeah, I can hear the guitar now. Yeah. All right. Nice pick. All right, Arms. Good job. Yeah. Very all nice. Right. I guess that makes it my turn. Uh, this week, this is honestly the song that I have listened to the most in my car while driving. Um. It came on at the gym um, when I was working out on Monday, and I haven't stopped listening to it till today, which is a Sunday. So almost a whole week of listening to this every day. Can I ask one question? Yeah. Do you listen to songs in your car when you're not driving? No, fair enough. Okay. That's, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. No, good point. Good point. Yeah. No, no, no. I guess that was redundant, wasn't it? All right. The, uh, I will say, in all honesty, I don't like this band. I never liked this band but I feel like I want to do this as this is my jam because honestly, it is the song I've listened to the most this week. But because I feel like maybe it is a continuation of the conversation we have had a couple of times in podcasts where I'm officially getting older. We are officially oh, yeah. getting older. Yep. And I'm wondering if now this band is hitting me uh, because I'm older, because I appreciate it a little bit more and because it, it maybe I was too young to appreciate it when they came out. By the way, if you play Steely Dan, I'm gonna be no, really it's mad. not. It's okay, not okay. quite like that. But <laughs> you will know it immediately, and uh, I want to know your thoughts and opinions on this band. So this is—I'm not even going to say—I love it already. Ours? Don't know right offhand. You'll know in three. They're two So. This is What's the Frequency, Kenneth by R.E.M. Again, a band I don't like or care for, but oh my gosh, I think it's the tone of the guitar, too, that I absolutely love. I can't believe how gritty and distorted and perfect it is, and it's just, it's a rocking song. Where do you guys fall on R.E.M.? I like them. I like them not as much as Kevin does, but... You're a big R.E.M. guy, Kev? If they're not in my top 10 bands of all time, they're really close. Yeah. Um, and I think they're in the conversation for the best American Ooh. band of all time. Whoa, big statement. Okay. Um, hold on a second. Let me just hear the hook. That little vibrato. Love that. Little flange. What's the frequency, Kenneth? I then found out because, it was, again, once the song gets stuck in my head, I have to know everything about it. Does anybody know the story of What's the Frequency, Kenneth? No. I do, but tell it. Um, no, we'll see if I got it right because I just I did it very quickly. Dan Rather the news guy got beaten up in his uh, lobby of his apartment building in New York City and while getting beat up by these two guys they were asking him Kenneth what is the frequency saying basically what channel are you on I guess they went on some sort of rampage to get all of these media guys because they weren't you know they were spreading bad news or whatever it was and so that story came out and REM made the song what's the frequency Kenneth is that pretty close I I believe so yes 
Do you, do you know R.E.M.? No, I don't. Oh, I do. But the interesting fact is B-52s? Yeah. They're from the same city. As oh, no. oh, no A- way. Athens, Athens Georgia. Yeah. So this is my jam for this week. What's the frequency, Kenneth? R.E.M.? Good All pick. right. Let's Good get tune. to it. Let's get to it. Let's do New Wave Part 2. And Kev, I'm going to task you, please, with reminding the folks of what New Wave is, why we're doing it, and what the criteria really is for what makes a new wave song. All right, Jason, we are returning to this topic of new wave after only a few months, mainly because there was a shock in the everything you want to know about music community that you knew zero, zero. of the songs that Mike yeah. and I chose last yeah, night. Yeah, em- embarrassingly so. Um, and wh- when I'm talking community, by the way, I'm mainly referencing the gentleman who was you and Mike's college roommate, <laughs> Arvin, yep. who was kind enough to join us tonight. Um, because like me and Mike, he couldn't believe that you didn't know any of the tunes and thus felt, let's get the band back together. Did you really feel like that? Like, how could I not know any of these songs? Especially the Go-Go's one. Wow. I okay. that was the softball. <laughs> Great. Well, and, and remember... I think we first came up with the New Wave idea is because Arvin, we found out he was a big Smiths fan, or at least I did. I said, New Wave's a great genre. Let's do it. And so we did New Wave 1. And then when Arvin chimed in later about, again, you not knowing. You had said to me, Arvs, after you listened to it, you said, I wish that that was a whole hour longer. Yes. Because I could, I just wanted to keep listening to all the songs that everybody picked. And I was like, I I knew none of them. And you were shocked. And I wish I was in the room. (laughs) And now you are. Yeah. All right. Great. So, what I figured is that let's let's assemble here, kind of like a new wave Voltron, which is a cartoon for you kids, by the way. That was a big, it was big during the height of new wave era. Um, and I believe you kids call it anime today, or yep. at least my kids yep. call it that. Yep. Uh, but I wanted to try to see if we can get you to know this terrific genre better, and maybe you'll know a few songs this uh, this go around. So I'm not just saying I really did like, I came away with liking more of the songs in the genre. And when you played, both of you played like, the songs you liked and then the songs that were like the bigger hit. I did know some of the hits, but I didn't know them as New Wave. Well, it, I didn't know that that was the genre, and honestly. It, and it's funny because you said from the outset, you're like, I'm not going to know anything. I don't know. I know nothing about it. And I'm like, oh, right. that's hyperbole. Come on, you got to know this. But you really didn't. No, so really at, least, did. at least you kept your word. I like that. <laughs> that's true. Um, so even though I was so taken aback, in fact, you know what? Can we play just a couple snippets from the last podcast? Yeah, sure. Hey, hey wait, by the way, is this the first like playing previously recorded stuff on your podcast? Kind no, of like- um, I had done this before with Camden because he had made some comments about how awful the 1950s were. And That's so funny. I wanted to remind him of how wrong he was. So I played him saying that and then played songs that I knew he would like. All right. Well, can I just introduce this by saying kind of like a sitcom, that a heavy like topic to, to cover in the 80s when they said last time on a very special, everything you want to know about music. Jason, cue that first one. Here we go. Never heard no, this never heard oh, this. Man. Nope. It sounds early. It sounds like I, like he's definitely younger. Yeah. yeah. Nope. No. Mike, Mike, what was that one? That was Kids in America. From it was a cover by the cover, cover by, by the, the Food Fighters. Food Fighters. Correct. Nope. Didn't know it. All right. How about the second one, Jason? Sure. Come on. You have to know. I this don't song. know if I do. Hold on. No. I don't think so. Wait for the vocals. All Is right. this when you got like really mad at me for not knowing this? No, no, oh. that's coming. No, 
You've never heard this song? I have never until tonight, unless unbeknownst to me, I have never heard this song. Do you hear the honesty in my voice there? I, I don't believe you're lying to us. And just a reminder, that was number 41 on the Rolling Stone Top 5, <laughs> 500 of all time. Mike, 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 what was that song? That was Love Will Tear Us Apart by Joy Division. Yep, that was your pick. Full disclosure? Yes. I only even knew about that song with, probably within the last years myself. Oh, wow. Oh, Being really? a new guy, a new wave guy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't feel so bad. All right. All right. One more, Jason. And then do. the last one. Okay. Hey, where are we going now? All right. Here's the next one. You guys ready? Yep. Jason, I think you'll know this. Oh, good. Three seconds in. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is where you got mad at me. I remember this now. Yeah. Wilson? Yeah. Good baseline? Hold on. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Nope. Oh, come on. I don't. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know this song. So angry. Yeah. Nope. See? Didn't know it. See? that? Well, again, so we tried to do this almost immediately after the first podcast, by the way, this New Wave 2, so we could try to find some songs that you would know. Right. Uh, but it's difficult to get four busy middle-aged dudes with jobs and families together, but now we're finally here, so I'm glad. So um, Jason, Mike, and Arvin, I, or, and Jason... Mike, Arvin, and I are determined to find the songs that you will know from this new wave category. So okay. let me recap the songs real fast that you didn't know. One was Space Age Love Song by Flock of Seagulls. Yep. The other was Films by Gary Newman. Which you said was, in your opinion, if I remember correctly, the album that was like that typified the genre for me. For you. Absolutely. Right. Didn't you not say that? Yep. Okay. Did, did you ever listen to it, by the way? I got through some of it. Okay. Yeah. I can't, and, and your friend who said it sounds like it's all one chord or it's all well, one note. One note. One note is right. Okay. It's one note. All right. He, he found a lane and really dug in and, and he, stuck to it. He did it well, though. <laughs> he did it well, yeah. So, uh, Love, Love Will Tear Us Apart by the Joy Division, as we talked about earlier. I did Got a Gut Feeling by Devo. Okay. So, in, your, in your defense, Jason, I will say the songs that I picked... I went for more of the deeper cuts from those. Um, and you said that, though. I did. Okay. I did. So I, I'm, I'm okay that, you know, sort of okay. Right. Uh, Ceremony, Mike did from New Order. Yep. Right. But obviously our lips are sealed from the Go-Go's. That was the one, again, just most <laughs> yeah. unbelievable to me, as you could hear. From I was my, surprised. Uh, Arv's was too. But as then again, well, yes. you know, you had stated, and I didn't have you go back and play this, that you didn't grow up in an MTV household like Mike and I did. No. That you, more of a Beatles one, and you even mentioned 80s Latin and Mexican music. Yep. Um, and to be fair, out, outside of the Go Go's, you know, I don't, I don't think we picked the most mainstream of songs. So, yeah, let's revisit the genre again tonight, okay? And see what we got. For the people that don't know, like me, what the genre is, I will say two things. One, I'm going to ask you to kind of go through some of the highlights of what it is, where it is, and what makes it what it is. Yeah, that's the right way to say that. And then, what criteria this time you guys went with as far as choosing the songs that you wanted to present? Okay. Cool? Yeah. Okay. So to the listeners out there who didn't listen to the first episode and want to hear a more in-depth discussion of what New Wave isn't, uh, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to episode 80 where I discuss that and also use examples for what New Wave was not. Right. I'm not going to cover that this time. Okay. However, I will, I'm going to try to go through succinctly though uh, what New Wave is. So one thing about New Wave compared to like Jason did post-disco funk. Yep. Mike and I have done Yacht Rock a couple times. Um, New Wave cast a much wider net musically than those genres. You're going to hear way more diversity of sound, uh, and you know, certainly from Yacht Rock, 
from Jason's category too, I think. And then, you know, it, it's a very broad category that we could probably do five of these episodes. We're obviously back right, to two right, already. Right, right, yeah. But so quickly, here's some of the criteria that's accepted in the general music realm about New Wave. Okay. Okay, first, the time period. It's pretty much 1977, roughly, until the late 80s, as far as almost 1989. Okay. Yeah, you said that. Okay. One other big thing, it's got a very reduced blues influence compared to most of the rock and roll that was released until New Wave hit the scene. Right? There's no 12-bar blues, really, in this yeah. stuff. Nothing's backed off that for the most part. Um, so up until this point, until New Wave hit, most of rock was so heavily blues-derived, New Wave's not. Uh, another criteria is that rhythmic ex- experimentation. Um, the rhythm sections are very wide and varied. Uh, sometimes you won't hear rhythm sounds at all. Some you'll hear like from West Africa and the Caribbean that you may have never heard in the 50s or 60s or early 70s. But then another thing as it relates to rhythm, on the fourth criteria, there's a significant synthesizer-driven aspect. Yeah, that was the thing I really came it, away with last pro- time. I would say it's probably the most prominent of the of the criteria. And polyphonic synth. There's that, so much yep. going on with synth. It's not just the use of the synth, but that there's like three or four synths, each doing something different, that actually had multi-layers of all these different melody lines, right. which is really complex in a way. Yep. Not busy where it's like uh, cacophonous, but there's so much digital synth synth stuff going on a lot of electronic sound here um so the rhythm section i think is minimized as a result of this but also the guitar when you say rhythm section do you mean like bass and bass bass drums drums. okay all right just just, like like the basic rock and roll style you know bass and drums definitely less guitar to yeah than than what rock and roll was up until this point the more guitar driven so you know once you hit this what i'll call the 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 after punk era if you were more guitar driven you were post-punk if you were more synth-driven, you were new wave. Oh, that's kind so of like, the division. Like, like, like you two, huh. right? More yeah, yeah, guitar-driven, yeah. post-punk. Got it. Some of the bands we played last time, new wave. Uh, and the other thing, so just what we're talking about here is that it, new wave was a genre looking to move beyond punk, but there's still a punk energy, at least in some of the songs, some of the ones I played last time. Yeah. Don't know if these guys will have anything there. But there's the, not a lot of, even though some of the songs like that Mikey played were, I'm going to say, somber, they're right. still up-tempo. Right. There's no like ballads or slow music. Is yeah, there? De- definitely not really a lot of ballads in the genre. Sure. Okay. Final aspect: um, it's not corporate rock, right? It didn't come from the big labels of the day. Yeah. Uh, though eventually the labels, like anything else, they you know, kind of like craft beers, right? Kind of caught up. You know, nobody, nobody had Anheuser Busch. None of those guys were doing craft beers. As soon as that got popular, they kind of jumped into the fray. In the beginning, with New Wave, um, it was mostly independent labels. As Greg Shaw in a 1978 issue of Billboard magazine noted. Artist-owned labels, once meaningful only as demos or vanities, are now commercially viable thanks to the new wave marketing systems. So oh, it's wow. kind of a new way. They were able to introduce it as technology improved and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. they were you know, have their own little recording studios and you didn't have to go to a Sun Records or, or, or a Motown. Right. right. You were able to create the sound on your own, especially with all the electronic uh, devices they had at their, uh, at, at their disposal. College and indie rock would spring forth in the 80s and 90s and they certainly owe a lot to this new wave move, uh, got it so those right. are okay so those four arvs anything because mike and kevin obviously did the last one is there anything that they're missing or that you have other major takeaways from the genre specifically for you like criteria that make it what it is well so yeah uh, based off that definition that sort of covers how maybe the u.s market views um, right right but in the uk it's more like the post punk 
Oh, right. okay. gotcha. So this was so, happening not just here in the United States; it's also UK. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because yeah. some of the some of the bands you played were UK bands. A lot of them were. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And is it, wait, is it mostly UK? A lot of it is UK as well. Oh, yeah. okay. Did it start there and kind of come over, or in I well, think, concurrently? I think the market for MTV they didn't have enough content here. So they had to bring in some content uh, from oh, no kidding. across the pond. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to mention MTV a lot tonight. Because really? Because I think they had a huge part in playing. You know what's funny? So you had said that I wasn't here. an MTV uh, house. I, I watched Yo! MTV Raps. That's what that's what MTV was to me. No, so, I'm being serious. So, no, so that, that was later on, right? Right. Yeah. So you're telling me early MTV was this primarily? So not primarily, but there was a lot that came mm -hmm. over because I think yeah. people, I think the folks in the UK, the artists in the UK, figured out earlier than the Americans did that the music video was going to be a major driver oh, no of marketing their their product. Duran Duran? Yeah. Example. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. They're, so they're in that genre? Yeah. They're definitely new wave. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Sure. See, again, I'm going to say, make a foolish comment, even though this is the way I feel. I looked at all of these that you just mentioned, Duran Duran. I would not call them new wave. I'd call them 80s. I just know them as 80s. Understood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's, All right. How do you want to start, Kev? What do you want to do? Well, I'd say, as usual, I've rambled quite a bit. So let me turn it over to you to officiate as to how you want the three of us to introduce our songs. I think we should go in order of youngest to oldest. So let's go with, that would be Mikey Goes First. <laughs> so I'm going back to a band that I played on the first for, uh, episode of, okay. of New Wave. Ooh, right. Nice. Uh, this one is has a, a synth pop kind of aspect to it, which is you what know, does part that mean? of New what does Wave. That mean? What does that mean? Synth pop? Like, like pop music, but with synths? Yep. Okay, got it. All right. Yep. Okay. So it was released in 1983. Okay. It contains samples of Kraftwerk's Uranium. Uh, the band also introduced a DMX drum machine for this song, Ooh. which has outputs that can be sent to the other instruments to give it that synthesized sound. Mm. Oh, no kidding. The sequence was programmed using binary code. Stop. Which, you know, back in the day was, pre that, yeah. it was pretty uh, state of the art. So uh, they wrote the sequence out on a long roll of paper and accidentally added an extra rest, which threw it slightly out of time no kidding but the band liked it and decided to keep it in. i love stuff like that that's great and yeah. you know highly coincidentally um i have a little bit about the album artwork on this okay oh um <laughs> nice that fits good the album was uh created to resemble a five and quarter inch floppy disk okay with a color bar on the side with a code that deciphered the name of the album and the band oh and in the do you know in ours? the liner cover yeah had like a key to decrypt no the code way to actually say who it was that's clever so uh again another rolling stone top 500 this is number 235 and i'm going back to new order with blue monday okay oh wow am i gonna know it oh it does have an extra it does wow that is yeah there's one too many isn't there yep. Do you know this? No. Not a chance. You might. Give it a second. No. Wait till the vocals I come am in. good at knowing what I know. Like, I, if I know it, I know it instantly. At least I think I do. Rarely does it, like, take me time, but let's see. Oh, wait. Maybe I do. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Hold on. 
after doing the first episode, I would say I know that this is new. I know the yeah. genre now. Wait for the vocals. Okay. Should I know this? You might get it with the lyric. Okay. Maybe. Because of the wedding singer. Was it in the wedding singer? Maybe. You know, like the Adam Sandler movie? I know the movie. It might be. It might be? Okay. I might know it from that, but wow. Great tune. It's a it's quintessential genre. That's right on. Total, right. total new wave. Total new wave. Ours, where does right. this fall for you? In the order or the, or the song? Either. What do you mean? Like, I mean, is this something that's in your, in the genre? Oh, is for this sure. something you like? Oh, oh yeah. okay, okay, okay. I like this back in college as well. So I got to ask you, because, I mean, partly the reason you're here is because not only you said you like the genre, yeah. but then you said that you used to listen to this kind of stuff, and I don't remember you in college listening to this stuff, because we didn't listen to this stuff together. Well, Me, I you, think- and Mike, for those that don't know, we're in college together. I, and I don't remember you listening to this. Well, I think that is the reason, is because it's probably a, a genre you didn't know, so and I, it was something that we couldn't bond at. So it, would I, be, I, it would be more like, I listen to the West Coast rap, you guys listen more than like the East Coast rap. That's how we bonded, listen and, to that kind of music. Okay. And for the listeners... Jason controlled the music. <laughs> That's not true. That might be a little true. But I know I don't even remember you like me getting like angry at you for playing this or anything. I don't remember you playing it at all. Did you did you listen to it in high school? A little bit, yes. Yeah. Was it big in college? Where was it bigger? It was probably equally as much as like the rap stuff. Really? Yeah. But I mean it's like I can't put this music in the car while you Did guys you listen are- to it with Mike? No, I listened no. to it in my room. No kidding. Yeah. I don't because I don't at remember four, at four a.m. when he was <laughs> <laughs> when he was awake and we were yeah, sleeping. Exactly. Yes. And my my roommate admittedly he you remember Ryan? Yes. Yeah, he got annoyed listening to well, me I, listening to this. Yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah. Wow. All right, because I don't remember you listening to it, but that's cool. All right, so you know that band, you know that song. I do. Okay, and you think I should too? Mm-hmm. All right, Arvs, you are next. Mikey, good pick. Thank you. Okay. So this song was released back in April of 1983. It's from an album titled of the same name. Okay. In the band, it hails from London, England. Okay. I think you'll know this one. You do? Tell me if I'm false. All right. Yes, I do know this. Okay, see now, Harv's good for you picking stuff that not, this is a proper song. Yeah. There you go. This is not new wave, is it? It is. It is. Really, Kev? What you think is probably just alternative or eighties music? Yeah. A lot of it is probably new wave. Kev, it's on the cusp. Yeah, I think, Mikey, I think it's new wave. Fringe. It's, it's, it's a wide wave. It's a wide net. It's a wide like net. Kevin like Kev said. Yeah. Okay. I this even would, have some that I'm not sure. Really? Yeah. This right. would be from a big label. Oh, okay. Yeah, this so is okay. more of like, yeah. This is after they after the big record company started picking up on it and wanting to get into. I'm going to tell you who this is. <sighs> this is Spando Ballet mm-hmm. And you said there was no ballads And I said there was no ballads Well I didn't think this would be there This is definitely in the genre For sure yeah. So this song went to number one in the UK wow. It was a popular hit in the US Yeah, uh, Charted as high as number four on the billboard I didn't know that they were a UK. But they didn't have any, of, have any other hits than really? this other than 
So they could have made our one-hit wonder podcast. You, you I was just going to say. Yeah. Wow. Be a good Ar- one. Arvin took one of my next one-hit wonders for, <laughs> yeah, for one-hit for wonders sure. three whenever we end up doing it. But no, this is good, a great good choice and you basically threw it back in my face because I said there was no ballads. This is truly a ballad. I didn't know they were a UK band, though. Do you? Are there any other songs that you would listen to that necessarily aren't hits? Like, did you like this band or you just like the song? Well, I had the Greatest Hits album okay. on CD just it's, because of this song, obviously. Are there other songs that you like? Yeah, there's another song called Gold on there. That's Gold. pretty good. Gold? Yeah. Well, that was a big video on MTV. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. And this was definitely in The Wedding Singer. Oh, was oh, yeah, it? for yeah. sure. Yeah, okay. All right, Kev. You are up next. What is your first entry into the New Wave 2 podcast? All right, gentlemen. Here is my first selection for New Wave 2. Oh, great tune. You guys are playing to the audience now. And See? me, I am the audience. We adapt it. Sweet dreams are made oh, of the This is uh, the Eurythmics. Correct. Sweet dreams are made of these. Are made of this. This are oh. made of this is in parentheses. Okay, love this song. This is a timeless classic hit right here. Absolutely, oh, it's awesome. This is new wave also. Absolutely, yeah. I guess it is pretty synthy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What year was this? It was released released very early in 1983. Okay, off their second album, which this is the title track from it. Okay, Arbs. You know this song? I do. You like this song? I like it. Okay, cool. Are you going to talk a little bit about the uh, the band? Because I would like to know more about her. So this is another one that, uh, like I mentioned Tony Bennett earlier, it might be worth our time to do a Eurythmics, if not a Eurythmics, and an Annie Lennox slash Eurythmics podcast. Really? Yeah, I think so. Well, I, I don't mean, know anything about them um, or her. Well, a little bit about her, but not, not much. Yeah, I mean, because she had a pretty big solo career after this, A little too. bit, yeah. But... In terms of new wave aspects of the first on this song, uh, obviously the synths are very much in the forefront, right? Yeah. Undeniable in the contribution to the song. In fact, you've heard of dueling pianos, right? I know they have bars. Sure. You know, uh, their their whole premise is to come out there and listen to a couple guys, you know, or gals belt out things on on the piano. Um, The riff in the beginning is a dueling synthesizer. Is it? Yes. That's not one synth. No, it's two. So Dave Stewart, who is one half of the Eurythmics, he's the other half. Okay, right. He came up with the riff and the beat on a newly acquired synthesizer that he got, and it prompted Annie, who was the other half of the band, to ask, and I quote, what the heck is that? <laughs> and she would then mimic the sound on another synth they had, and then the song was born from No that. kidding. Yep. So wait, play it again. Is it because like there's like a bit of an echo, or there's literally two counterpoint synths? Take it from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, now now I can hear it. I always thought it was one with echo. I didn't pick up on that. Wow, now. that's really cool. So okay, it's, it's yeah. doing sim. Got it. So they recorded the song and uh, and the album itself in a tiny self-built studio in the attic of a warehouse where they were living in North London at the time. Okay, and they had a host of electronic devices that they had purchased you know recently before uh, before recording. That included a machine called the Movement Systems Drum Computer that cost over three thousand dollars US oh. back then. It's the little orange computer that you see Dave Stewart playing and tapping on in the music video itself. Oh, wow. Do you remember the video? Oh, no, I can't say that right. I do. Let's talk about the video a second because it's iconic. I'm surprised you guys don't I remember don't it. Well, I'm not surprised I, you don't remember, Jason. No, I don't know if I do. You, you weren't listening to MTV back then. No, I remember, yeah. You remember, right, Mike? Arves? I don't remember. I don't think so, yeah. 
and it's a huge reason, by the way, that they got big here in the U.S. Again, here's another British outfit that was able to make it big in the United States because they have a, an album that was um, about a year earlier that they put out. None of us would know it because it never really made any hay here oh, wow. in the U.S., but it was this video that put them on the map in the States. Was it a cool video? Yeah, so, um, and remember how I said this wasn't corporate rock? You know, yeah. New Wave isn't corporate rock? This video kind of typified that whole aspect of New Wave because this wasn't the romantics setting up a full stage and singing what I like about you for the camera. Right, right, right. right. There's some strong visual statements here. Like Stuart, no, Dave Stewart, he's masked and playing a cello in the middle of a green field. Ooh. There's a cow walking around a boardroom table. Okay. Stuart, he's typing on that aforementioned drum computer, I said, in a field. Um, and of course, there's cows all kind of you know around him as he's doing that. And then I think the strongest visual of all it's Annie Lennox herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember that? She had that orange colored buzz yeah, cut. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. She's wearing that sharp men's black suit. Black suit. suit. Yes, with, I with, remember that. With, with a matching black cane. And was it in black and white? Nope, it was color. No, it was color. No, because you remember that, that orange yeah, hair yeah, was, yeah, was, yeah, was, yeah. So, uh, yeah. was so distinct. And then she had those piercing blue eyes, too. Oh, right, right. So she was like the antithesis of the Linda Ronsats, the Carly Simons, the Barbara Streisands, all the major pop. Um, you know all the major labels that that had kind of had in the 1970s and associated themselves with. Can I ask a stupid question? Yep. When I was when I so I, I saw her maybe not the video, but I remember seeing her back during that time. Why did I always feel like she looked older? Was she older? No, I think she was probably like early, and I don't know exactly, but I think she was probably mid 20s, maybe. Oh, really? Time. Okay. Yeah. So wow. she's not she's not quite that old. Right. Um, maybe the shorter haircut. Maybe could could be. I don't know. But, you know, the BBC said of her that Lennox broke the mold for female pop stars, specifically because of that video. Um, Really? Yeah, the video, it was bold, it was striking, it was new wave, and the public loved it. So, based on the strength of that video, the song had reached number one in the U.S. on the Hot Billboard 100 in the summer of 1983, about six months after it was released in the U.K. and then, you know, eventually in the U.S. So, but again, thanks to MTV. So, it was a new wave classic. Um, Great tune. By the way, can I play the song real quickly that I wanted to do originally for the Rhythmics, but I didn't because I didn't think you Because you wanted know to it. play me something I would know? Yeah, That's, let's see if you okay. know this one. All right, go ahead. Now. Right, well, I'll move forward a little bit. I would know that it's New Wave. Love is a stranger in an no. Oh, my God, no. What a voice, though. Great voice. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sounds like an old 80, 1985 video game. Doesn't. No, I don't know it. Arvs? I do not know. And I love that high note she hits there. Let's do it one more time. Cool harmony. Wow. High note's great. She's got it? a great voice, doesn't she? Great voice. Yeah. Well, so I like that song better than Sweet Dreams. No, nothing and beats I think that. Also, that. you know, represents the new wave genre. Yeah. But to cater to the audience, I appreciate. It. I feel bad. I, I played now. Sweet Dreams. All right. Okay. Now you're doing them in reverse. Like you're playing the song I would know first, and then playing the deep there cut. You go. The deep cut afterwards. All right, Mikey, you're next. What is your second entry? So my next song seems to be one of those reluctant hits that define a band. Oh, it was written by lead vocalist Steve Kilby and his then girlfriend, Karen Jansen. No. The story is they just had dinner and Kilby went outside 
to smoke a uh, cigarette of sorts okay. <laughs> and, while gazing at the stars. He came back inside and started playing the piano, and she sat next to him, and they spontaneously composed the track. Wow. He described the process as, uh, you know, they were just, when they would write together, uh, it's not as if they had set out to put this song together. Sometimes the song just comes knocking on the door. Hang on, before you play it again, give me the name some more time. It's Steve Kilby and Karen Jansen. Mm, Okay, nope, don't know it. Okay, me neither. And this is, I would say this is their biggest hit. Okay. And you're giving me 50-50 on it. I'm giving you 50-50 on guessing okay. the song or the band. Oh. Arvs? I you know, know it. it. I know Kev? It. Yep. Damn it. All right. Give me, a, give me a minute. Hold on. Sometimes when this place gets kind of Empty. Nope. Donnie Darko. I'm just going to say, is this a Donnie Darko too? <laughs> Another Donnie Darko thing. <laughs> <laughs> we, we might have to... You know, Seriously. Actually, we don't have to do an essential album on Donnie Darko. No, I, I think we say, played every I, song from the we soundtrack. We should start doing a new episode with like essential movies, yeah. songs from them, and you're going to yeah. have to do the Donnie Darko like, soundtrack because you have picked, I think, four. It's, I, not, think, I think it's four or five. Four or five, it's, maybe. Yeah. It's a cool song, though. I like the guitar big time. Lower the curtain down. Mikey, I actually really like this. I would not say you don't know it. No, I don't know it. Arbs, I should know this. Yeah. Oh, well, no. I don't know if you should nah, know it. No, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It, it's a little more on the alternative side. It is. Yeah, yeah it doesn't especially sound when it came out. Synthy, new wavy '80s to me. There's a little piece here. Let me fast forward. I do like the groove though. Oh. I love the guitar on this. Yeah, it's really good. I'm a, I'm a sucker for like a strumming. I was gonna say, do you like the like the more acousticy strums yes. stuff or that little electric piece that's coming out? All of it, acoustic. Yeah. Hang on, hang on, ten more seconds. Okay. Backpipes. Well, I was gonna say, does that sound like bagpipes? So. That is an Ebo, they call oh. it, on a Fender Jazzmaster. No way! So, so it like an electric it, oboe? Yes. Wow! So it gives it that bagpipe sound. No oh, kidding! Wow. Yeah. Oh, you got to give the name of the name of the song. This is the Church Under the Milky Way. The Church Under the Milky Way. Yeah. yeah. So the, the name of the band is the Church. The Church is oh. the band under the Milky Way. Under the Milky Way. Yeah. Oh, hence the story. It's all coming together right now. Looking at the stars. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Wait, the church is the name of the group. Name of the Never band, even yeah. heard of the group, Arbs. Okay. Never even heard of the group. And this is their biggest hit. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. I really for like sure. this. Can you do me the biggest favor? Yes. Can we just nerd out me and Arbs for a second? Can you go back to the very beginning and start playing those two guitars? Is there one panned left and one panned right? Listen to this. Hear it? I think so. I don't know what you mean. Yeah. One's on the left ear, oh. one's on the right ear. Two different guitars. Hear it? That's cool. Sometimes when this place gets kind of empty. One's a 12 string. And one's a 6 string. I'm going to say this. One's got Nashville tuning and the other one doesn't. That's what it is. If you know what Nashville tuning is? No. So, Kev, do you know Nashville tuning? No. So, on a, on a guitar, 
they're tuned um, E A D G B E. Okay. Yep. When you take the first four strings, the lower note, the lower strings, you put them up a full octave, but leave the bottom two the same. Wait, wait, wait. A full a octave? A full octave. So your E, your low E, is a full octave higher. So it's the same as your high E. So first Not quite that same? high. Not quite that high. But it would be between that. Between the high E and, and the E on the sixth string. Oh, I get you. I get but you, it I is you. one octave up. I got and you. And let it ring out. It sounds like that. It almost sounds twangy, almost... Um, not uh, like like mandolin-y. Oh yeah, yeah, and then yeah, when, yeah. And and that's how a twelve string is tuned. That's the other strings on a twelve string. And gotcha. this sounds very similar to that. I really like it. This is my, this is gonna be my jam. Tune. This is it's really cool. Tune. This is my favorite one that I didn't know. All right, of good. all the songs you guys have played, this is my favorite one of the songs I didn't know. So Kilby didn't like it as much as you did. Oh. <laughs> he he called the song sterile. Oh, and wow. not as meaningful as many of their other songs. Oh, come on. Not that he didn't like it. He just was upset that this was their big hit. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, nevertheless, he concedes, it's been a nice earner. I've written 2,000 th- songs. Thank God one of them came through because the others aren't pulling their weight. Wow. You know what? I wonder how many bands are feel similar, like the songs that they don't like that much actually become the biggest right. song. I bet that's pretty common. All right. Hey, two, two things. One... Um, I said alternative, and I think the reason not it, it's definitely new wave. Okay, but I think by that point when this came out, what was it? 88? 88. The the major record labels had gotten into the new wave um, business at that point, right? And so this was still an independent. So that's what I would consider uh. more alternative stuff. Where and um, and so that's why I said the word alternative. Got right? it. The other thing is what you just talked about about the songwriter. The, the, oh no no no! What the the songwriter not liking the fact that the hit. You know, did so well, but ended up doing well. That that may be a theme for my next. Song. Oh, really? Okay. A little, a little oh, foreshadowing. Good. good, very cool. All right, well done, Mikey. I like that one a lot. That's a good tune. All right, Arvs, you are up. All right, let me see. All right, all right, Arvs. So, I question whether or not I pick something in the right genre as well because I think it is. It was released in 1987. It's the third single from their album, "Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me." Oh, I okay. don't know that. In 2005, Entertainment Weekly ranked it 25 on the 50 greatest love songs of all time. Here we go again with love songs. It's okay. start, so it, uh, even the beginning, it starts layered. Start with the drums, guitar, rhythm guitar, then synthesizer. Okay. Am I going to know it? You're going to know it. Okay. Throwing you softballs this time. <laughs> so wait, don't, don't be so sure. Okay, yeah. Do I, <laughs> softball, go. go. I only know it because the band I'm in, we cover this song. Yeah, and I had to learn it. Okay. And, I had, and I played piano in that band, and I had to learn the synth part. Okay. Which is really cool, really fun to play. It is good layering, though. I do like Yeah, layering. great layering. So do you know their other songs? Nope. Really? Nope. Or what's the name of the song? This is Just Like Heaven by The Cure. I would not stop. Maybe, would I now? Would I now say that this is new wave? No, it's '80s to me. No, this is definitely new, new wave. wave. Oh. Okay. You might know their other song, "Boys Don't Cry," right? No. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. Know. I don't uh, oh, of course. Okay. Think so? All right, let's let's let this play for a second. Great tune. Very cool. 
So, so do you play the song because in your band? Yeah. Because it's a like a crowd favorite. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And because it's just a fun song to play. But yeah. And I think I think it is just a crowd favorite. Everybody likes to you know kind of play it. But it's it's quintessential '80s to me. If you were to come up with if a, a CD or a, a greatest hits of the '80s, this has to make it though. No. I would say so. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's happening. It, no. Am I wrong on that? I mean, it's not, not because it's not great, but because I th- again, maybe not. It's not as alternative as the church. But the Cure was definitely kind of more in the alternative wing of new wave, right? That certainly in Spando Ballet, right? Right. Or, or the is, is this um, they're UK as well? They are. Okay. Um, the other song that you mentioned, can you play it for me? Would I know it? Do you have their band up, Arvin? Because I, I know a song that Jason will know by that. Really? Love song. Oh, he'll know. Which, oh, oh, know the Cure did love song. Yeah. See, I know the Three Eleven version. The Cure 311 covered it. Okay, so, oh, oh, then yeah. Oh, that's a great song. But that, that's from 1990, I think, right? Or 89? Oh, they do that? They orig- they're the original? Because that's off they're the original. Street. Yeah. Okay. So this is their other song, Love Song. Yeah, okay. I do know this one. I didn't honestly didn't put the two and two together. Isn't that weird? Now, I know the cover by the band 311. When they did it, I know that version, but I, I didn't I don't I didn't know I didn't know this as the original. So they started early on as like but then later on they became more pop. So right. I'm sure you know this song, Friday I'm in Love. Oh come on. It's a big song. Uh, let me hear it. Hold on. From the from the beginning, no. You're having a blast with this, like making <laughs> you think this is hilarious. No. How does the how does the hook go? Pretty simple. Yeah. Pretty. All right. So let me go back to that first song I was talking about. Boys don't cry. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Maybe, but mm. Arves, when, when's this one from? Wait, is this late '80s? Or is this this real? particular song? Yeah. Friday I'm in Love. So that track was released back in May of 1992. Okay, so so definitely That's later then. Yeah, definitely yeah. A, a newer one of theirs. That's okay. okay. More pop. Right, go back to the there. go back to the original when you were playing then. So this is that song I was alluding to, Boys Don't Cry. Ooh, this is cool. It has like a they say like jangle pop in there. Yeah. Okay. It's a little Smiths like if you ask me. Oh. This is when they were a three-piece band. Oh wow! Yeah. I they, never, I never heard this for sure. Is this off the same album of the first? No. This is the first album. First album. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it sounds very '80s. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very nice, Arvs. All right. Very cool. All right, gentlemen. Here is my second selection for the show. Jason, like my first, I'm almost positive you're going to know this. Okay. Um, you wait, wait, wait. Yep, 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 wait. Uh, Heavy on the scent there. Yeah, big time. Is this... Wait, give me a minute. Give me just... Give me 10 more seconds. Oh, I've heard this for sure. Don't you want me, baby? Yeah, you got it. Bye. Couldn't tell you the band, though. No, I don't think so. It's by the Human League. Human League. Okay. Which they are a band from Sheffield in the county of, I mean, the country of jolly old England. Lovely. 
like almost everybody else that we played tonight. <laughs> yeah, right? Is there any American stuff played? I don't know that we played no. anything American. No, B-52s. Oh. Oh, B-52s? Okay. Oh, yeah, the yeah. B-52s. That's right. right. Yeah. So they were originally founded as an experimental electronic band. Wait, can we play the hook, though? I really do like the hook. Will you, you, you go it. back to it? Yeah, yeah I'll definitely, I'll, I'll, I'm okay. going to go back here in a second. Because right, I do like it now that it's stuck in my head. So an experimental electronic band, a lot like Kraftwerk. Oh, really? Yeah, that's how they started. So keep that in mind as you do it. All now, right. the other thing about this, we'll play it a little more here. I'm listening to these songs differently now that we're doing this genre than I normally would listen to them. I right. Like the song. You do like this I one? I like this yeah. song. So by the way, this is the pre-chorus, just you know. You get ready to get into it here in a ready. second. The build up. Yeah, this one might take the like the it makes the greatest hits of all new wave for me now. This has to be up there. Right? It's got all the elements. Sure. Yeah, really for sure, right? Um all right, so this also is the first duet for the band. Because to oh. this point it had only been Phil Oakey, who was the guy you heard thus far. He's the lead singer and pretty much the band leader okay. of Human League. And then they had two background singers or yeah, backing singers. So they elevated Susan Ann Sully, she's the blonde backup singer for those of us that watched the MTV music uh, <laughs> right. uh, you know, video back in the day, to make it a conflicting duet. Ooh. So this song is about a guy who meets a co- cocktail waitress and turns her into a star oh, that's before right. the love there's goes a, bad. There's a whole verse of hers at the end. That I, yeah, that's so, right, it, isn't there? It was inspired by an article in a woman's magazine. And lead singer, again, Phil, says that it, it's not a love song, but it's about power politics between two people. So let's listen to the other side. I forgot it. Yeah, I forgot this part. Wow. I'm embarrassed to say that I I never heard the song the way you just described it. Right. Yeah. But, but, but it's definitely a back and oh, forth. Oh, for right? sure. Oki got the idea to make a dual nature of the song from the Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson movie from 1976 called A Star is Born. No kidding. Yep. Here's the other interesting thing. So it was originally recorded with a much harsher electronic sound. Okay. But the studio decided to remix it and create a softer, more pop-like sound. And Phil Oki hated it. He thought it was the worst track on the album. Um, and thus put it as the very last track, basically a throwaway. Oh, right? this is like the foreshadowing that you were saying to Mikey. So yeah. he did not like the fact that they were turning his oh, you know, yeah. experimental electronic song. And corporatized it a little bit. They did corporatize it a little bit. So yeah. A little non-New Wave in that case. So um, they had released three singles before this one by the name, uh, wait, this album is named Dare. Okay. It was their fourth album, I think. So they did three like real, like, electronic kind of alternative albums and then this was their first considered mainstream album wow and so all three of the first singles were only released in the uk not the us but once they released this song it blew the other three away and it made human league a household name in both the uk 
and then the U.S. as well. Wow. So again, we Americans were very, you know, very heavily helped here um, in terms of the launch of it because of the music video, as gotcha. I said earlier. So six months after it hit number one in the U.K., it hit number one here because MTV, you know, grabbed it, took it off, and got all the airplay that eventually ended up on radio as well. So again, so Oki, he was against releasing that fourth single from the track. Um, he he considered it just a poor quality filler track. And but here's what happened though wasn't just number one in the UK, which it did hit number one. Right. It was the best-selling song in 1981. Come on. In the UK. Wow. It was the fifth best-selling song of the entire decade what? in England. Wow. Today, yeah. it's still the 23rd best-selling single in the history of the United Kingdom. Oh, come on. The same place that has the Stones. <laughs> yeah. The Beatles. Yeah, right. The Who. Holy smokes. The 23rd best-selling song of all time that he thought should just go on the shelf and never see. He has day. eaten very well off of that song. That's crazy. It was even the sixth biggest hit in 1982, again, six months later in the United States. So, yes, New Wave is supposed to be non-corporate, but sometimes the labels did a little bit to help launch the bands and artists into stardom. And even though Phil may have regretted compromising his artistic integrity at the time, I'm sure he eats at fine restaurants and drinks really good wine to this day because of the record company's decision to make Don't You Want Me. Wow. I had no idea it was that successful. You know what I thought you were going to say, Kev, that there was a bit of uh, symmetry or, or a parallel a bit to the song that you had picked uh, by Gautier. Oh. Right? Someone I used to know. There's a little bit of that first um, kind of perspective from the male and then the female perspective at the end. There's a bit of that parallel to that, which is interesting. I, I like how you drew that parallel. Well, I didn't, I didn't even think about it until I didn't, I didn't even hear the song that way. I knew there was a female, but I didn't know why she was there. I never listened to it as deeply, but I, I, it's a great song. Arv, you like that one. I know. Do you like the band? I only knew, I only know their, their top songs. Top songs? But that song I can definitely jam out to. Yeah. All right. Mikey? Great tune. Yeah. Okay. All right, Kev. All right, so you got one we're going to take it to you and take us out yeah. on? Okay. So, yeah, okay, so that was New Wave 2. You feel like you know it a little better? And yeah, maybe, I also, maybe it's a little more, you know, we did a little yes. more mainstream for you this time. Yes, and I feel like you guys were, you babied me a bit, which I, well, I appreciate, and especially because Arvs was here, and I feel like he definitely touched me with softer gloves, so to speak. But I feel like now I will hear those, what I originally called 80s songs differently and put them into their maybe more appropriate category, especially the stuff that is truly new wave. Yes. Very good. Yeah. So, all right. I'm glad for that this time. All right. Maybe there's a new wave three. I think we should. On the, uh, on the horizon. Yeah. But I'm going to take you out on this tune. Let's see if you guys know what it is. Okay. And you're probably not going to know. <laughs> but Save the best for last, so to speak. Deep cut again. A little bit. Oh, it's cool though. Mikey R. Right off the top. No, okay. No. So, do you guys remember what I took you out on last time for New Wave? Yes. Uh, no. Uh, moving in stereo, right? By the cars. Yep. Oh, okay. Some things that I say to her just don't seem to bite. Ooh. It's all mixed up. So, guess who sings this one? Is this the cars again? It's the cars. Wow. It's all mixed up. No, I definitely again, not. Not a recognizable car song, right? No. No. And so, again, it, it's from the same album. Okay. Which is their debut album, which, as I said, mentioned last time, I'm going to do that as an essential album for sure. And not only is it from the same album... Moving in Stereo is the penultimate tune. This is the final tune, and they bleed right into each other. Oh, no way. So 
both of them are much more new wave sounding than everything else that's on there. No kidding. So yep, all mixed up. Wow. Big synth here. Wow, good. All right. That's great. Arvs, thank you so much for joining us and doing that. Thank you. Boys, thank you for doing the uh, New Wave podcast yet again. I feel very uh, enlightened even further into the genre, and I'm really starting to come along and kind of really get into it a little bit more. I'll send you some so, playlists. Glad to hear it. What's that? I'll send you some playlists. You know, you might have to. You might have to. That might help. Especially, I'd like to know the songs that you listened to secretively in your college dorm when we weren't listening together, because <laughs> I never knew that that was occurring. <laughs> so with that, we will say thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time.